Matthew in chapter 6. <clears throat> ask you to continue to be in prayer for those that are, those that are sick. We still have several people uh, getting tests for some things right now. So remember to watch your prayer lists and be in prayer uh, for those issues. Matthew in chapter 6. We're going to be looking at, again, what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer. Uh, that is an incorrect uh, description. The Lord's Prayer is in a whole other chapter where He prays for us. This is the model prayer, okay? The model prayer where He gives us a model of how we are to pray, okay? Uh, it did not give it to us for us to repeat mindlessly. That's why He even says just in a few verses before, not in vain repetitions, okay? He didn't give it to us for to go, Our Father, which art in heaven. Oh, I'm sorry. Our Father, which art in heaven, without even thinking what we're saying. The purpose is to be thoughtful of what we're saying. So now we're actually going to look at the model prayer. It's a model prayer. In this way, we are to pray. This is the, um, he's giving us the mechanics of deliberate prayer. Okay? So does God offer up prayers that when we don't even hardly know what to say? Does God listen to that? Does God listen to prayers that um, are rushed and hurried sometimes? Yes. Does your relationship with your spouse or a best friend ever survive without long conversations occasionally? Uh-uh. So what we're finding here, this is, this is the way to approach God when it's time to get down to the work of praying, to talk to God. Okay, And these are the mechanics. These are the God's model of how he would use it. So verse 7 starts off, chapter 6, verse 7. But when ye pray... Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Not in these exact words. This is the manner. This is the, the example I'm giving you. Pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you did not leave us without a, a model by which when we need to approach God our Father, when we need to come to you, Lord, in serious matters, when we need to have deliberate conversations with God the Father, that you've given us a good pattern, a, a good basic followable pattern by which we can do so. Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear hear what's being said, not just to listen to it, but to hear it and to make it our own. And we thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> We've kind of referenced, I'm going to walk back just a little bit. We've referenced a little bit the, the talking about vain repetitions, okay? Not using just endless blah, 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 blah. Repeat, repeat, repeat. We talked about 
I, I mentioned to you about um, the, my friend who grew up Catholic and all, they'd, they'd run into the, the, the Catholic uh, church there and they'd say so many Hail Marys and so many Our Fathers to get so-and-so's grandma out of purgatory and then the next day they'd do it for someone else's grandpa and then the next day they'd move on to do it. And even since then, the Catholic Church has changed their stance on even things like purgatory. But they still use those constantly repeated prayers. And we talked about how that humans, we see the, you know, there's some beauty in some of that repetition. And here's, here's the Lord saying, um, no, if you're not thinking about it, it's pointless. No, not vain repetition. In other words, just saying the prayer, trusting the prayer itself, not really even paying attention to what words are being used. And this, this prayer right here is... The model prayer and how to pray is one of the most abused prayers in that very fact. If people say it, I mean lost people. We could start in the middle of a baseball stadium. Most of the baseball stadium would know the whole prayer and hardly mean a lick of it, but would feel warm and wishy-washy about it when they said it. And the warm and wishy-washy means nothing. I'm just telling you, sometimes you may feel it, sometimes you may not. Who cares? It's not the feeling part. I'm just telling you, serious prayer is work. Serious prayer is work. Listen, any parent who has had to sit down and have a serious conversation with their child, or any friend who has had to sit down and approach one of their friends having a very needed conversation, or a spouse to a spouse knows that it is work. It's something you have to think on and prepare for sometimes, and sometimes it's something that as you're talking, you restate it because you realize the way I stated it isn't good and I need to state that a different way. And it's, I mean, by the time you're done with those conversations, man, you are, can I just do nothing now for a while? You know, I don't want to actually have to think. Everybody here? If you've got a friendship, you're trying to keep a friendship, those conversations have to happen. I'm just, that's, that's how that works. That's how you maintain a relationship. <coughs> and so the Lord gives us, when the disciple, at one point the Lord, the disciples say, teach us to pray. And so here's Jesus giving us, if you will, the necessary ingredients. These are like, if I could even call them the mechanics, the workings of prayer. You want to pray. You want to pray. Here's God saying, okay, here's, here's what you should include in your prayer. Here's, the, here's a good model by which you should take and follow your prayer. And he gives it generally because every person has specifics that they can put in each slot. You know what, does everybody follow what I'm saying? He gives, he gives generalities. You have a car, color of car, fill in. And you go to the motel and they want to know what car you have, like they're ever actually going to look out in the parking lot and see what color car you've got. It's kind of amusing sometimes. You could tell them you have a, you know, a chartreuse Ferrari, and they'd say, okay, that's fine. So God gives us this, this thing. He gives us, there's six, there are six portions in this prayer. There are six pieces to this prayer by which you should take each and make your own. Now again, what we're talking about, there's nothing wrong with prayer that is, uh, is sudden, is short, is uh, quick, and has a very concerted, I mean, has a very specific avenue. This is when it's your time to get down and pray, and prayer is work. I would, I would generally say that this would be something that in your morning prayer time, when you're going to sit down and pray, and you want to talk to God and get a hold of God, this is, what you, this is the pattern you would use right here. We're not talking about you know, asking or thanking the Lord for the food, or uh, you know, there's something horrible has happened, and you toss up a quick prayer, or sometimes you just don't even know what to say, and you're just like, oh, Lord... 
And that's all you know what to say. God, God, listen, God understands all those. The Holy Spirit is there to intercede between us and God and help us even say things that we don't even know what to say. But when it's our turn to sit down and purposefully pray, here's the pattern. Six, six things. These are simple. And they're very simple. And it starts off very simple. Who are we praying to? Which part of God? God who? God the, the Father. God the Father. I have heard stories of people saying, you can pray to the Holy Spirit. Really, where's that in the New Testament? So when we talk to God and ask God, the Son, how do we pray? God the Son tells us to pray to God the Father. Let's see, if what I know about the Holy Spirit, He doesn't like to draw attention to Himself, but He always points all the attention back at Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Okay? That's kind of His job. So who, who does G- Jesus Himself, who are you praying to? God the Father. I'm going to get down and pray to God the Father. Our Father, which art in heaven. That's a very specific God. And this is where he starts. Hallowed be thy name. What is that? What is hallowed? I mean, we start thinking about hallowed, these hallowed grounds. We start thinking about sacred places for us. Uh, I think about uh, the chance we, we visited uh, the Washington, D.C. area, and we got to visit Arlington Cemetery. And I'm telling you, you feel as if you're walking on in a way, hollowed grounds. All these, all these. I mean, just seems like endless rows of those of those crosses going out there, and then the special the special places here and there. And just you, you're naturally quiet, and the respect that you show. I mean, it's you show respect. You, the, all these people have given their lives in defense of our country or in defense of some other country's freedom. And then when you walk up to the tomb of the unknown soldier and you start talking, I'm telling you, those guards are going to be in your face on it. And they're going to be shouting, hey, you be quiet. I mean, they step off with a gun up, you know, you'll be quiet. I mean, like, don't, don't even get inside the thing. They're serious about it. There are rules and you follow the rules. And we don't even think about it. As a matter of fact, I'm over there watching idiots yakking their heads off and I'm looking at the guard going, oh, yeah, there he goes. Good, yeah, tell those people to shut up over there. I can't believe they're having such disrespect here. And we want that as Americans. You show respect here. But when we come to prayer, sometimes it's like we think we can just approach God you know, with a flippant attitude. Now, does the Holy, is there grace from God? Yes. Does he hear even sometimes our flippant attitudes? Yes, but when it's our turn to actually approach God, maybe we should take, maybe we should take a, a, a thought from some of our own places that we considered hollow and recognize who God is. God's holy. God is holy. This is called worship. This is what worship is. Wor- worship, listen, the word for worship in the Old and the New Testament is not like, worship and praise has become quite the word in church now, hasn't it? Worship and praise, worship and praise. And they use them all like they mean the same thing, and it means i got to raise my hands, and i got to feel something emotional, which is not what worship means at all. In the New Testament and the Old Testament, the word worship means to stoop, to bow down, to crouch. That, that's what the word means in the Old and the New Testament. So when it says they worship someone, it doesn't mean they went, Hey, Jesus, what's up? You, you get the picture? It means when they worshipped him, they saw Jesus, and they, they went like this. Hey, Lord. They recognized him for who he is. You, you know, we, we've heard it. He worships the ground she walks on. 
Whenever you talk to him, all he can talk about is how beautiful she is and how soft her skin is and how you know, her golden hair. Does you know what I'm talking about? And we laugh at it, but that person feels that. That young man or that woman talking about a man, they feel it and they talk about it. Listen, when we talk to God, it's literally saying about God what God already knows about himself, but it's me acknowledging it. God, you, you are king. God, you are... It's, it's what Isaiah, when Isaiah, and he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And Isaiah's immediate response to that was, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I come from a people of unclean lips. It was immediate. His whole, his whole attitude was instantly down on the ground, recognizing the highness and greatness and mightiness of God Almighty. I'm telling you, it would do good for us every once in a while, instead of getting just mad at God for not doing what we want Him to, is to recognize sometimes maybe it's us not doing what He wants us to, because He's the King. He's the king. He's the creator. He's the, one that, he's the one that set in place this whole system that causes the sun to rise and to set. And what's it going to do tomorrow? It's going to rise and it's going to set. And what's it going to do tomorrow? The day after that, it's going to rise. And who started that? God. Who can stop that? God. Who's the one that made this one little bitty tiny blue marble in all of space have this perfect atmosphere that just happens to be perfect for humans to live in, to thrive in, to run in, to exercise in, to get old in, to have kids in. Who provided all that? Who provided ground in a place called the Magic Valley where a big volcano blows up and leaves a bunch of ash behind and we find out if we pour water on it, put seeds in there, boom, everything grows like crazy. Wow! Who, who started that? Yeah, that's God. Who gave a man knowledge to think through a problem and walk out the other end with some kind of a solution? That's God. Is everybody here? God, worship. You, you want, when it's time to pray and you need to approach God, let's start with worship. God. And say, well, I just don't know what to say. Well, you know what? What you do is you start saying what is true. It doesn't have to be something that's, you know, I just firmly believe it and I feel all warm and wishy about it. No. Is it true? Is God the king? Tell him he's the king. Is God the creator? Tell him he's the creator. Is God the provider? Tell him he's the provider. That is worship. That is worship. I talk to God recognizing who he is. And immediately what follows that is kind of interesting. It's the same, same response that Isaiah had. He says, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, this is all one thought, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What's that? That's immediate humility. It's, it's this word, it's surrender. Surrender to what? His kingship. I start with worship, recognizing who he is, and then the, what follows is I recognize who I am in response to who he is. I am the servant. He is the king. Where do you get servant out of that? Well, when it says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, it's saying like. So in heaven, when God thinks that he might want something, does it happen? Does he even have to really voice it? It happens. If God says, you know, I want the dresser moved from that wall to that wall, or let's move, let's move uh, you know, uh, the Norgard's place from over there to over there, does it happen? 
Okay, here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. Here's how I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God's will on earth, in your life, in your heart, would respond exactly like heaven does when God has will that he wants done there. Does, did I say that in a way you understood? In other words, when God wants it in heaven, it happens. What the prayer is here is that when God wants it in my life, it happens. The prayer is that I would be aware enough of the things of God, that when God wants something moved in my life, I say, yes, sir, and I go over and start moving. Why? Because I've already recognized who He is. He is God. He is Almighty. He is the Father. That would be a good one for a lot of people to connect to. He is our Father. Amen. Loves as a Father. So it starts with worship, number one. And then it goes to surrender. Surrender. Think about James 4, 7. What is James 4, 7? Submit thyselves therefore to God. Amen. I'm just going to go read it and make sure. I'm not going to quote it because I know it's good for us to connect the dots here. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Surrender. Surrender. Submit yourself to God. What does that mean? Not my will is what Jesus said. Think about it. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself in the Son, said to God the Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's, that is the example and testimony for us. Well, what do you want? It doesn't matter what I want. What does God want? Amen. I think we get so often caught up in this world of, of consumerism in the United States and, and many, many other countries that it's all about what I want. You know, Have it your way. You deserve a break today. Everything's about you and me and what I want. And here's God saying, no, actually, if you, here's Jesus telling us, if you want real good Christian life, a real walk with God, then you make it about what he wants and you surrender what he wants. And he says, when you do that, your life will be blessed. Amen. And what's the next thing say? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What is that? That's an acknowledgement of dependence. Dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. Where does it come from? It comes from God. What? Yeah, do you have a need? Was it supplied? It comes from God. Did you have, do you have strength to work a job? That came from God. I'm, I've already repeated some of this stuff, but it's the same stuff. That, do, do, you have, do you have eyesight? Thank the Lord. That came from God. Amen. Well, I, I earned that by the sweat of my brow. Right, and who gave you the ability to have the sweat of your brow? Who gave you the understanding to do a job? Who gave you the strength to do a job? Who even opened the door so you could have that job? Well, my buddy, yeah, like God had nothing. Come on now. Two people can start off in the exact same way of life, have the same intent, have the same opportunities. One person have an accident and become a paraplegic, having nothing to do with their own fault. You really? And the other person claims, well, I'm here by the, strength of my own, by the strength of my own hands and my own will. And the paraplegic was a failure? No. God gave each person what they needed. Amen. And their dependence needs to be upon God. Listen, you need, often what we might need to do, as, even as us men, is be thankful, men in particular, be thankful that God has given us health, life, strength, knowledge, the ability to enjoy and, and keep a job or have a job, and, 
if God wants us to move on to something else, he's my dependence. Not me. I'm not my dependence. Amen. Is everybody here? Doesn't mean I don't work. Doesn't mean I don't go after it. Amen. There we go. How about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Everybody know that one? Most of you know it. I know you do. What's the first word? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I'm telling you, that is clear as a button. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That is dependence. So we have worship, surrender, dependence. Worship, surrender, dependence. If your kids, um, by the grace of God and giving you patience, make it to see teen life and beyond, (laughs) you're going to find yourself needing to go to God. You're going to find yourself begging God, depending on God for God to do something in the hearts of your children that you somehow are not able to do. Amen. Dependence. Worship, surrender, dependence. And then we get to verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I like how the Lord... That's a little side lesson there, but he starts off with forgive us our debt. So what what does this mean? Is he talking about asking the Lord to pay my my student loan? No, that's not what he's talking about. These are sin debts. These are things that we owe to God. Okay, Forgive us our debts. He's talking about I've sinned. So in this manner, in this portion of the prayer, this is where we do what we call confession. This is confession. I love how people at the end, this, that's why people, this is where people say, well, you know, forgive whatever sins I've done today. No, this is the model prayer. This is where you insert the specificity of your own sin. Well, why do I got to be specific? Well, okay. So James chapter 5. <clears throat> James chapter 5. Okay. This is, this is, Jesus, or this is, uh, I'm sorry, James talking about just interpersonal confession, okay, between each other. James chapter 5 and verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word faults there is an extremely interesting word, and the word confess makes it even worse. <laughs> the word faults is one of those things that it, it's... Um, it can literally apply from bumping into someone on, like on a bus or walking down the street, bump, oh, I'm sorry. Or, or it can mean, you know, I'm going to punch this dude in the nose. <laughs> and in other words, it can cover literally accidental injuring someone or I'm on purpose and I don't care injuring someone. It covers the whole gamut of my, my hurting someone else. And here's, here's how God wants us to deal with each other. The word confess means to acknowledge or to agree fully. What does that mean? In other words, I acknowledge completely the thing that I have done that was the offense to the other person. So when we confess, if we go to 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just. What are we doing? We're talking about, we're not just saying, well, God, I did this. You know, I mean, you know, forgive me whatever sins I did. Or if I sinned, that's how we do that to each other. Well, you know, if I was an offense, you know, in the back of our mind we're saying, I still meant to be an offense. <laughs> that's not what confession is. Confession is the thing that my wife and I have learned to do with each other when we start getting a little fussy at each other is to come back and say, well, I'm still mad about it, but I was wrong. <laughs> How I said what I said was wrong, or what I said was wrong. I'm still kind of working through the emotions of it, but <laughs> to confess is to agree fully. In other words, when I look at God, I acknowledge that this was a sin. I agree fully with God, that was sin. God, that was sin. God, that thought was sin. That action was sin. Confession. When we go to God, we confess we specifically, I'm telling you, you say, well, how am I supposed to, am I supposed to keep a list? Am I supposed to like write down? Well, typically you're supposed to do that as soon as the Holy Spirit touches your heart about it. This kind of prayer is when you get down before the Lord and you're going to come and bring, you're going to bring uh, requests and things to the Lord, you know, to ask for things from Him. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit can suddenly go, um, you're coming to me and you still have to deal with this issue. If the Holy Spirit brings into mind, and He's quite capable of doing that, and He does it, by the way, I know for a fact, then you start saying, oh boy, yeah, you know what? I have to, Lord, I was wrong. I'm, I might have to go deal with that. It's where the Lord sometimes can deal with you and start saying, hey, you know, you, you kind of mouthed off to your buddy over there, your coworker over there. You might need to go deal with that. You left a bad example over there. You did something over there you know you should not have done in front of people that think you're a Christian. You probably should go get that right. The Holy Spirit does some amazing things, but to confess... Forgive us our debts is to, be com- is to be completely open with God, acknowledging that what I did, it was wrong. It was wrong. Amen. And then he adds a little thing onto it. Uh, as you forgive your debtors. I like, I like how he puts that. See how he puts it in for us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, that's really kind of, think about that. In other words, here's Jesus saying, yeah, what you're going to ask for is the Lord to forgive you like you're forgiving other people. Think about that a sec. <laughs> forgive us our debts as, like. So, well, I'm not going to forgive that person. Well, guess what you just did with God? You limited your forgiveness. What? Well, I want to be totally forgiven. Well, it's kind of hard to be forgiven when you're not forgiving. In other words, the block... There's a blockage with God right now. And until I forgive my debtors, the blockage with God stays. What is even, was it Matthew 18, is it? That if thou remember that thou hast ought against thy brother, leave thy gift at the altar. So you just need to stop your giving. Stop your sacrifice. Stop whatever it is you want to give to God. You stop that. You go make it right with your brother. And then come back and try to talk to me. Oh, I just can't believe God is like that. God is like that. That's what it says. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then you have to deal with Scripture, not with me. Talk to Scripture. Talk to Scripture. If you're not going to forgive, then you and God are going to have some trouble when it comes to the confession part here. Ouch. You have to forgive. Amen. So worship, surrender, dependence, confession. That's four. Then we go to verse 13, beginning in verse 13. It says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This sounds confusing off the bat, doesn't it? Not because we think, why would God lead us into temptation? Well, God doesn't. This, you have to understand the whole kind of 
the whole premise of this thing. And the word temptation can also mean test here. But let's add, again, let's go to the book of James here, chapter 1, and let's verify what we think it is that Jesus might be talking about. Okay? Because James chapter 1... Look at verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Okay, so what we're talking about is not God tempting people to sin. Okay, God doesn't do that. That verse is quite clear. God can't even do it. He cannot tempt people to sin. So let's go look at that whole verse again back in Matthew 6. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well, we have the word lead here, don't we? And deliver. What what do you think is being said here? We're asking for guidance and deliverance. Guidance and deliverance. It's it's looking to God for guidance for the day. Now, again, the word temptation can also mean a testing. And none of us really like testing, do we? Even Jesus said, if this cup pass from... Lord, if, if it be thy will, I'd let this cup pass from me, nevertheless... Not my will, but thine be done. He, Lord, that was about the cross. Lead us not into temptation. It's asking God for guidance for the day. God, please give me guidance. Show me what to do today. Help, help me find the right way. Help me to... Now listen, if you really want to be clear about this, it's, it's almost asking God, <clears throat> because did God... <coughs> has God ever hardened someone's heart? That'd be Pharaoh. But why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Because Pharaoh was busy hardening his own fart. <laughs> heart? Oh my goodness. Just laugh, it's okay. God, he was, Pharaoh was so busy hardening his own heart, okay, that, that God said, fine, I'm going to let you do what you want. I'm going to let you harden your heart. Now, what does God do to those he loves? He chastens them. You understand that this is asking God for chastening. God, please, don't let me go there. Stop me from going there. Guidance. Amen. You hear? Lead it, Lord, please, Father, help me today. Deliver me from the evil. Help me, God, give me guidance for the day. Deliver me from the issues of the day. I'm telling you, that there are... Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, but you walk into a building or a situation or something like that, and you see a great big problem, and you're like, oh my goodness, I hope we don't have that problem. You know, It's like you're trying to pretend it's not there. Uh, I, don't want that to, I don't want that to happen. It's a possibility. This problem could happen. I hope it doesn't happen. Ooh, do, 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 Lord, please. You know, some of you, some of you uh, I, I'll use my dad again, ta- talking about my dad. You know, they're... Dad, even after being saved 20-some years, didn't walk down the, 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 the liquor aisle because he didn't want to be tempted with all that because it was still an issue for him. And so it's one of those things that he knew where the aisle was and he just kind of avoided it. And he didn't want to have to avoid it. Or maybe you're like, okay, you're a guy. And, you know, guys, we have eye trouble. And I, I think about my nephew talking about there was a certain spot at, at one of his workplaces where all the guys posted all their half-naked and somewhat naked pictures and naked pictures of all the girls and he knew to walk through that spot and look someplace else, you know. And while he's looking someplace else, somebody left an open magazine in the trash can where he's looking, trying not to look over there. It's like, ah, come on. <laughs> I just want to close my eyes. You know, it's, Lord, please help me with these thorny areas where I'm susceptible. Amen. Deliverance. Deliverance. God guidance. 
guidance. And then he ends with this. Last part of 13. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What is that? That's called praise. That's what praise is. Praise is um, thanking God, if you will, for, for all that he is and all that he's done. Worship is telling God who he is. Praise is thanking God for what he has done. Man, I, and, or what he's going to do. God, you, you are powerful. You do get the glory. God, and let it be yours for the rest of life. Lord, please help this. I want this. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This is, this is pure praise. It's just unadulterated, straight up praise. Lord, thank you for this. You are good at this. Lord, Lord you're, you've done this and you've done this. You do get the glory. You are, you are going to have the kingdom. I mean, this is, he's saying what God is, is and is getting and will have for the rest of his life. It's pure praise. Pure praise. Uh, let's see, Ephesians 3.21, unto him, this should happen for us, unto him be glory in the church. That's what, you know, in other words, when we assemble as a church, one of the purposes of assembly as a church is to give God glory. It's not to make us feel an emotional high. No, it's to give God glory. It's to praise him, sing praises with the songs. To, uh, to thank the Lord for what He is, to be thankful in our prayer, to, be, to, listen, to listen to the message and be thankful for what comes from God, from the Word, from the Word of God. It's to be all those things. It's praise. So we have worship, surrender, dependence, confession, deliverance, and praise. And some of you are going, that's going to take forever. If I pray like that, it's going to take like forever. And it gets real quiet. What did Jesus say, remember, when he was in the garden? And he come back to find his disciples and he said, what? Could you not pray with me one hour? And Jesus acting like, you can't even do an hour? And all of us are going, an hour? Praying? I don't even know what to, I mean, I say everything I got to say and it's like, 30 seconds. An hour? But listen, when we divide it up like this, worship, surrender. Now, this isn't a mandate to pray for an hour, okay? This, this isn't a biblical mandate to pray for an hour. I'm not trying to say it. But what would be wrong with praying for an hour? I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. <clears throat> Think about this. If we have, we have these six things, that's ten minutes per thing. Ten minutes per thing. I mean, if you want to be, you know, if you haven't been confessing in a while, maybe it's a lot more over there and a little less on some other stuff. But let, let's, just, let's just look at this praying for an hour. And I'm, I am being serious about this. So work, a prayer is work. Prayer is work. This kind of deliberate, concerted prayer is work. We have to think about it. Matter of fact, I think that I, I just uh, I hate it when I do this. I remember the, a verse, and I can't remember the passage, but it, it talks about coming to God and actually bringing, pre- preparing words to come before God. Literally. Like, there are times when we come to God that we need to think about what we're going to say before we say it, on purpose. Could, could you worship God for 10 minutes? Well, I don't know if I could do that. <clears throat> We got these things here. 
This could be part of your prayer. Well, I don't know if I don't know how I could worship God for ten minutes. We got we got sections in this in this songbook called worship. And you, you could you could look under worship. I probably should have marked it. Here we go. Let's see. There's J S. Here we go. Trust. Testimony. Oh, let's see. Where is it at, babe? Must be Oh, here we go. It's the first it's the first section of the songbook. First section of the songbook. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love, hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Isn't it amazing how some people have ways to say stuff that we just only dream about? So here's here's a, a whole section. Maybe you could maybe you could start looking at some of these and say, Come, Christians, join to sing, Alleluia, lift your hearts on high, Alleluia. Loud praise to Christ our King, King, Alleluia. Make some of these your own. Mm, glorious things of thee are spoken. When I saw the cleansing fountain, Father, I adore you, lay my life before you. Could you, could you maybe add some of that to your prayer life at the beginning? Ten minutes. Maybe, could you pray for ten minutes, telling God how good he is? How good God is. Is he king? Yeah, tell him so. Is the creator? Tell him so. What did he create? The earth, the sky, us, the universe. I'm serious about this. You start dwelling on this. Start putting your brain on God. Who is God? What has he done? What has he created? What are the things that he's provided that I enjoy in life? And look at that and say, God created that. God made that. Worshiping God for ten minutes. Could you seek his will and surrender to his authority and rule for 10 minutes? Are you telling me you can't find 10 minutes worth of important stuff in your life to say, God, I'm going to surrender this to you. Lord, please help me to follow your authority on what it is to be a good dad and stop following my natural reaction. Lord, please, could you help me follow your authority on what it is to be a a citizen of the United States, a citizen of a country, and not just follow my own standard reactions or the culture in which I grew up. You hear what I'm saying? Lord, I, I, have, I, have, to, I have to do this and this and this today. Lord, would you, would you please help me? I, I want to do your will in these situations and not my own. You tell me you couldn't come up with 10 minutes of stuff? Amen. How about dependence? Could you express your need, your lack of sufficiency, and your dependence upon him for 10 minutes? I'm telling you, all you need to do is just have one time the feet knocked out from under you, and you come up with a few things to pray about to God, about the lack of your ability and the wonder of his great ability and his provision. I know it's a silly thing, but uh, while the ladies were gone, I started working on my garden and I mean that, yeah, garden, quote-unquote garden. <clears throat> and I, I waited too late, so I went out and found some plants, and I planted some stuff. And, and uh, we like, we like uh, uh, fried, fried zucchini, you know. Oh, I love fried zucchini. Anyway, so, I, so I, I bought a zucchini plant, and I had some other stuff, and I'm planting. I go out there, and my zucchini plant is dying. Like the next day, I'm going, what? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm going, oh, I spent four bucks on that thing. <laughs> Lord, please. I know it was, just, it was silly, as silly as all get out. But I found myself walking past the window, looking out there, going, "Lord, please help that zucchini plant." 
I'd like to eat some zucchini. I'd like to give some away. Lord, please help that zucchini plant. Went out there and looked at it, found I needed to put some dirt in, add some more water, and walked out there. And the next day, I mean, it was dying. I mean, laying over. Next, the next morning, I'm out there getting my coffee and I look out the window. Here's my zucchini plant. Nice and straight. What? Thank the Lord! I, but you, I, I don't know... I still don't know if I did anything that actually made that plant stand up straight and get, get some life, but I know God answered my prayer. I know that's silly. Listen, that's silly. But if I can spend, I don't know how many minutes walking past that stupid window asking the Lord to help a stupid zucchini plant, and he answers my prayer, do you think maybe he cares about some of the stuff that actually counts in life? Amen. You think you could come up with 10 minutes of stuff? How about... Ten minutes of stuff for confession. Now hopefully, hopefully you're caught up with the Lord. But when you start thinking about the sins committed in deed, yeah, I did that. Or in thought, yeah, I did some of that too. In word, done a lot of that. All the sins of the flesh, Attitude, thinking. Do you think maybe 10 minutes, some cases that might not be enough? Could you think you'd come up with 10 minutes to acknowledge the snares and pitfalls that are before you and your family coming up in the coming days or weeks? Job, family, political, I mean, whatever it might be. Do you think there might be enough from there for you to look and seek his deliverance from those things that are coming up for 10 minutes? You understand when we start looking at this, it doesn't seem quite so bad, does it? I think I maybe say, well, I don't know if I can come up with an hour, but I think I'd come up with you know, maybe 10 minutes total. What, how, how long have you been praying in the morning so far? After this manner. You think you could find sufficient cause to give him praise for 10 minutes? Thank the Lord for this. Man, God, you are good at this. Thank the Lord for that. Thank you for that. It is different. Praise is telling God who he is and what he is. I'm sorry, worship is. Praise is thanking God for what he's done. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Most people, would, almost all believers would benefit by just including praise purposefully three times a day in their life. Because most of us have a mully-grub attitude anytime, all the time, as it is. Back to the Eeyore complex. Can you find sufficient cause to give him praise for 10? Now, again, I'm not saying this is a doctrine. I'm not going to say this is a doctrine like you have to pray for 10, you got to pray for all this. But listen, <clears throat> when you get serious about prayer, l- listen to me, when you get serious about prayer, from <clears throat> when we consider the times that we have to pray for family members, for church members, who are going through their own issues. We always want everybody to pray for us. Any prayer requests? Oh, yes, unspoken. Oh, your dad. Oh, sickness over there. Upcoming job over there. You know. But we, all want, we all want everybody to pray for our prayer requests. But I'm, I'm going to ask you, how much time do you spend praying for those prayer requests at your house during your prayer time? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just want to be, be serious about it. I want, I want you to think about it. Like, you start adding those things to your prayer time. Think there'd be any lengthy out? Like, is it serious enough for you to, to think about that so-and-so is not feeling well or so-and-so has lost a loved one? Or 
But we get, we get pretty personal about it, though. Take care of me. Fix this for me. Help me with that. Lord, make that better for me. Me, 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 me. Prayer time. Me, 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 me. Amen. You might, you might actually reach a point where you're wondering how in the world you ever prayed for less than an hour. Is it important to talk to God? Does God hear us with anything that we pray? Does God hear us? Yes, God hears us. Thank the Lord. Now, if you've got sin in your life, unconfessed sin. The Bible says that's a problem of Him hearing our prayers, and we need to confess sins and get that taken care of. But it's amazing that God can hear the prayer of a lost sinner who spent their whole life sinning, who comes to them needing, needing salvation. God hears that prayer. Amen. And God has children in this room who are, listen, we love our kids going to camp. You know why we, you know the biggest reason we love our, the result of camp is because they're not preoccupied with everything that's worldly. They're preoccupied all day long, all day long with preaching of God's word, the reading of God's word, the singing about God's word, and there's no, pre- there's no distraction at all from worldly things. You know, when God teaches us to pray, that's the purpose of this prayer, to get our mind off preoccupation with the things of the world and get our mind on preoccupation with the things of God himself and our walk with him. Amen. This is, when we start talking about prayer like this, purposed prayer, worship, surrender. I'm going to make sure I'm looking at it properly. Dependence, confession deliverance, praise. When we purposefully start thinking, I'm going to have at least one, one time in my day where I'm going to include these things on purpose. <clears throat> I might not make an hour, but I'm going to include all these things. And I'm going to mean them as best I can. I'm going to say this with purpose. I'm going to mean it. You know, I, when we start purposefully doing that, we might find that our understanding of who God is, our relationship with God, our walk with God, suddenly, like, again, Isaiah, I saw the Lord high and lift it up. And the next two things are, the next three things are, Isaiah realizes, wow, I'm small. I'm, I'm unworthy. And the, second, the thing after that is God makes him worthy. And the thing after that is Isaiah says, if you got a job, I'll go do it. I'll do whatever you want, God. Does everybody follow that? Oh, yeah, but he's a prophet. No, he was a, he was a person who belie- he believed. Amen. God is real. And God is our Father. And God does accept the, the, the talk that we have with the Father. But there are times when as a believer, and here's Jesus saying, here's your model prayer. Here's a, here's a way to model your prayer. Here's a way to, if you're going to come to God seriously with serious issues, here's, how, here's the way to come. Worship, surrender, dependence, confession, deliverance, or guidance, and praise. Is it important? Is prayer important? Are there things in our life that are serious enough for us to come to God with it? Well, then what's wrong with us following the pattern that God gave us, that Jesus Christ gave us? What's wrong with that? It's just mechanics. It's just mechanics. Well, I want to do it how I want to do it. That's great, but you're not following how Jesus said. This is... After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Kind of seems important that if Jesus said it, it might be worthwhile for us to listen. Amen. Six elements 
of the model prayer. How are you praying? How's your prayer life? Pastor, are you saying you do this all the time? Not as often as I should, but ever since I've learned this process, I've included it a lot more, a lot more. And when things get serious, I find myself going, you know, I haven't done this like I'm supposed to. And I find myself walking right back to this order and going back through the same thing again. Amen. Amen. The six elements of the model prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, 